Good evening to those in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. And we're coming to you again with our Saturday night message. Good to be with you. We pray that we've been a blessing to those who are listening to our message. And we once again encourage you that if you like what you're hearing, you can download our app on your iPhone or Android, which is Grace and Faith Fellowship. You can download and you can listen to these messages at your convenience. We're going to continue on uh, this message, finishing well, avoiding a life of compromise. Finishing well, avoiding a life of compromise. I always start by saying, are, are you ready for the return of Jesus? Are you ready for his return? And as believers, the Bible declared we should be ready. We should be ready for his return. And so one of the ways to be, re to be ready for Jesus' return is avoiding life of compromise. As we talked about last week, um, we're gonna have to go to the ju be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, okay, where we will receive a reward. And that is gonna determine what kind of reward you get based on the deeds, it says the deeds that you've done in this body, whether it be good or bad. So he's going to judge the, the, the use and misuse of our time, our, our talents, our abilities, um, our motives. All those things are going to be judged. And one of the things that can get in the way of us fulfilling our assignment, our calling that God has, is compromise. You begin to compromise. You get caught up in the things of the world. And you get distracted. So we want to avoid that. So we've been continuing talking about that. And we've been talking, been talking about this subject. And we've been in the book of Judges talking about Samson, his life, the things that he did to compromise the things of God, which allowed got him in some trouble. And so we're going to continue on that journey tonight. And we're going to begin, we're going to talk about tonight. Our subject is finding comfort, okay? Finding comfort, okay? And so we're going to be in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 1 through 22. I'm going to read. It's kind of a little lengthy, but I want to set a good foundation for what we're talking about tonight. So Judges, chapter 16, okay? Chapter 16, beginning at verse 1, we'll read 22 verses. And it says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, one day Samson went to the Philistines town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Word soon spread that Samson was there. So the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, and lifted them up, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. Verse 4 says, Soon, sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lives in the valley of Sorak. 
the rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what would take what it would take to tie you up securely. Samson replied, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have yet have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. So the Philistine brought the line seven new bowstrings and tied up, and she tied up Samson, tied Samson up with them. She had hid some men in one of her inner rooms of her house. And she cried out, Samson, the Philistines come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snapped when it is burned by fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Afterwards, Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now, please tell me how you how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you tie, if I were tied up with brand new ropes that had never been used, I will become as weak as anyone else. So Elijah took the new ropes and tied him up with them. Then the men were hiding in the inner room as before. And again, Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistine has come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arm as if they were thread. Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of your loom, and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I will become as weak as anyone else. So when he when he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me? How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazareth from birth. If my head was shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would be as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine ruler. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me the secret. So the Philistine ruler returned with the money in their hands. 
that our Lord Samson just slept with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven lots of his hair. And this way, she be began to bring him down and his strength left him. Then she shouted out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I would do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gored out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was pounded with, was bonds, excuse me, bounded with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. But before long, his hair began to grow back. And so we see here the story of Samson. We know the story of Delilah. You see, she wore him down. <laughs> and we know men, men, when we see women cry and pout, um, that kind of makes us weak. And so she wore him down to the point where he gave in. And what, what happened? He compromised the thing that God had told him in order to keep his strength. He gave up the secret. And so this is what we're talking about, compromise. See, life compromise. And so Samson was called by God to deliver Israel from the Philistines. And yet, we find him falling asleep in the lap of a lady who delivered him into her hands, to their hands. So we see he was called, he had a call on his life. He was called to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. That was his calling. But we find himself, like I said, his, he, now he's asleep in the lap of Delilah. She had woke him down said, if you love me, you tell me your secret. And that's what the enemy does. You got to realize that's what the enemy does. He wears us down and says, you know, remember when he tempted Jesus and I just thought about it. You know, what did he tell Jesus when he was in the wilderness? He said, well, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. He always questioned who we are, our identity. And she said the same, well, Sam said, if you love me, she questioned his love for her. You tell me your secret. And so that is the trick of the enemy to get us to compromise the things of God. And so we see here, it says he find himself asleep in the light in the lap of a lady who delivered him into the Philistines' hands. So here's the question I want to ask. It says, well, why did Samson end up in Delilah's lap? Good question, you know. Well, even when, why did he why did he end up in her lap? The, the primary reason I believe, and, and this is probably one reason, it's not only, but is that his need for comfort. Okay, he needed to be comforted. Okay, now the opposite of comfort is pain. Okay, which can be anything from a a little discomfort to great agony. Okay, so he needed to be comforted. So that was the biggest thing that he had was he, 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 that's the primary reason he needed to be comfortable. We all, when we go through things, we need to be comfort. We need to be comfort. Now, now several possible 
the possible fact could have called Samson's pain. So let's look at that. It's his calling as a now that marked him as as a as different in his dress, diet, and decorum. So one of so what could cause it? His his calling. What effect did that have on him during his formative years? That's the question. What was he made fun of by his peers and emotionally abused as a result? All right, so we see here one of the things that could have called his pain was his calling. You see, you have to understand that your calling can separate you from your calling will separate you from people. And when you call by God, it separates you. You see, he probably had to dress different. Um, his decorum was different, you know, his diet was different. So the same thing with you, I'm speaking to you. When God calls you, it separates you from your peers. You know, it could affect, like I said, he could have been made fun of. It says, so maybe you was made fun of. I'm not, I'm like you. Well, some of you may like me, like me. I was a preacher's kid. And so the preacher's kid. So guess what? People expect you to act a certain way. You, you know, there's certain things that you're not supposed to be doing because people expect you to act a certain way, talk a certain way. You're supposed to be the good kid because you, you know, you're, part of the preacher's family so therefore you're supposed to do all the things right dot every i and cross every t and so when maybe it was you you it came with pressure you felt pressure you had to dress a certain way you know you just made fun of it appeared maybe things but when you're called by god you're different than everybody else okay there may be some difference you may not can't do everything that everybody so you're calling will separate you from people and so what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to compromise you know compromise your calling why because you're trying to be like everybody else you want to fit in and that that is that is one of the pressures of our young people and i even young people we dealt with it that temptation to fit in with everybody else you know i remember times where we had to go in the house early and my dad will always teach us Bible study Saturday night. So if you was out, you know, having fun, playing basketball or with your friend, you know, you got called in. And, you know, while everybody else was outside, you had to go in and get ready and get ready for Bible study. You know, and as kids, we, we didn't like that. You know, we didn't like that. We wanted to hang out with our kids. But God was calling us um, to be different. From everybody else. So the thing is, you need to understand your calling may separate you from people. And so in being called by God, even from a young person, maybe you listen to me, you you know you've been called by God even from a young age. Whatever ministry was to ministry to be different from everybody else. You know you're different from everybody else. And sometimes that pressure comes to be different. You got to remember also, Samson, he, he suffered betrayal by his bride. Remember we talked about and his, his and he, by his bride, his in-laws and even his own people. Because remember, we talked about in the beginning. Remember, Samson was supposed to get married to a Philistine woman. But her father, the father of the bride, gave her to another man. OK, so he suffered betrayal. Uh, his in-law, his own people turned him over. 
So maybe you, I'm speaking to you, you suffer betrayal. Somebody betrayed you. Somebody hurt you. Okay. Maybe you listen to me and you experience some church hurt. Somebody hurt you in the church. And so therefore you begin to go back to where you begin to compromise and you begin to do life the way you want to do it because the church that you was at didn't do what you expected or there was some things going on that you know was not pleasing to God. So you walked away. But I want to speak to that, that pain in the name of Jesus. Just because that happened, don't give up on what God called you to do. Don't quit. Don't don't throw in the towel because of what happened. So we see he's seven. He he was he was all alone in his struggle to deliver his people. We see here nobody's helping Samson. Samson was all by himself. And sometimes the calling of God will call you feel like you, you by yourself. You feel like you're all by yourself. All by yourself. Nobody's there to help you. And I know I felt that way. Sometimes you feel like you own this this journey by yourself. Sometimes you feel alone and sometimes you you wish there would be someone to talk to you. But you can feel alone. But he felt, you know, he alone stronger. But in any of these factors could have driven him to Delilah's lap. And so there's a lot of things that can drive us um, to Delilah to feel, to, to be confident. Because as human beings, we want to be confident. We want people to comfort us. We want something to comfort us. Okay. So, but but there, there are different paths to pain. Much of Sam's pain was a result of his disobedience, obedience. But that's not all, that's not what always causes pain. Even when one is obeying the Lord in the center of God's will, one can encounter pain on the path so we see here now that samson pain was caused by his disobedience now if, if you're disobeying god there's going to be pain because remember let me say this to you god still loves you he still loves you but there are consequences for sin if you're in a lifestyle you're doing something that is going contrary to the word of god Okay, God still loves you. God is not punishing you because under grace, God is not punishing people anymore. But there, remember, sin has consequences. Remember, the scripture said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Okay, so sin has wages, means sin has consequences. Okay, so that was the main problem with Samson is that he was disobedient. Okay, and which was cause him a lot of pain so i'm i want to encourage you i want to be very specific now if you're in disobedience there will be pain okay if you go contrary to the word of god there's a possibility there's gonna be some pain there's some things that you're gonna bring into your life that you don't want so you have to be obedient to the word of god now i hear, I hear somebody saying well you know i'm not perfect well you know, we all, like I said, miss the mark. But when you miss the mark, you get back up and you get back in line. But if you continue down that road of disobedience and continue to ignore, and once again, we're talking about compromise. If you continue to compromise the things of God with your lifestyle, the things you're doing, or you neglected to do things that God have told us to do, 
then there will be consequences. So don't allow your disobedience to take you away from the things of God. You know, you have to want to do the things of God. Why? Why did God tell us not to do certain things? Because he knows it's going to hurt us. Okay. He knows that it's going to hurt us. It's going to damage us. It's going to take us away from him. And he doesn't want that. So we have to be obedient. Okay. To him when he tells us to do that. But once again, it says, it's not always disobedience, not always disobedience called the pain. It says, even when one is obeying the Lord and is in the center of God's will, one can still encounter pain on the path. So let me speak to that. So you may be a person, you say, you know what? I'm obeying God and I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. And I'm doing, you know what? But you know what? It seems like the, the more... I get serious about God, the more I committed to it, the more trouble I'm having. Well, guess what? There's an enemy and he don't want to see you successful. Okay. And so we, we got a, a devil that's coming after. So the more you commit it, more he's going to come after. Why? Because he don't want you to be effective. He doesn't want you to have influence on people. He doesn't want you to fulfill um, the calling that God has on your life. He don't want you to advance the kingdom of God. He doesn't want that. You got to remember that. He wants to send as many people to hell as he probably can. And so if you're being an influence on people and living, letting your light shine, living a life that's pleasing to God, not a perfect life, but life that's pleasing to God. Okay. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want that. So he's going to come out. So you're going to spend I experienced a lot of pain following the wood right in the center of God's will. Okay. Remember, he said, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Be a good job, overcome the world. So you may be saying, well, hey, man, I am thought I was doing everything right, but I'm experiencing all this pain. Well, that means you're on the right path because the enemy is coming after you and he's trying to destroy you. But guess what? He can't do it. Okay, he cannot destroy you because Jesus is on your side. So it may look like he winning, but guess what? He won't win. So you have to stay focused and stay committed. Don't compromise. See, that's what anyone do. He will come after you, so you will compromise. You know, there's a message I'm going to preach come up, and I'm, the question I'm going to ask is, is Jesus worth it? And sometimes on this path, you ask yourself the question. Is Jesus worth it? Okay, is this worth it? Because I'm ex I'm trying to do everything right, but yet it seems like there's one thing after another. Seems like sometimes trouble just come, you know, all at one time. Two or three things, you know, car breakdown. You know what? There's trouble in your relationship. You know what? There's trouble on your job. You know, you're having a lot of problems in your job. So the enemy will attack you with all those things. But I want to encourage you to, to stay focused. Don't quit. Okay. You're talking about fine, you know, and what happens is this. When those things come, and I want to speak to the message, the, the subject is finding comfort. When those things come, when the enemy attacks us, when we experience these pains, what do we do? 
we want to find comfort. How can I comfort myself in these struggles? I need comfort. I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to give me some answers as to how to deal with this or how to get through this. So you're seeking comfort. I want to speak to you. You're seeking comfort. So how do I comfort myself? Even when we disobey, but even when you're on, you're in the will of God and you experience pain, we're seeking comfort. So, but what, is, what, do, what do people do? You know, when we seek comfort, we tend to go to things that go contrary to the word of God. What do we do when people seek comfort? Maybe you're a person, when you seek comfort, you go to drugs. People have gone to drugs. People have gone to alcohol. Okay, some people, you know, um, there, there was experience and pain in their relationship, their marriage relationship. What would it? So they went outside. You went outside your marriage and had an adult relationship. You know, you felt rejected by your friends. So what do you do in order to what? What do we do in order to fit in? We didn't compromise and begin to hang out with them and. Maybe you tried in order to fit in. You know what? You knew God was calling you. You knew things. You were called to be different, but you know what you wanted to fit in. What did you do? You tried that that joint for the first time. Guess what? You got hooked. <clears throat> Why? Because you wanted to be confident. But God wants to comfort us. You need to understand that. He wants to comfort us. Well, you may be asked the question, well, how does he do that? Okay, how does he do that? Well, let's look at, I got two scriptures tonight. I've you know, spoken on these before, but here's how God, God wants to, if you want to be confident, I know you're in pain right now. I know things are hurting right now. You're in a pandemic. You've lost your job financially. You're, you're in pain. You're finally, you're struggling. But how does, how do I get, well, you may be saying, how do I get comfort? How do I get the peace, as the Bible said, that passes all understanding? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy, burden, heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burdens I give you is light. So he knows he, he says, okay, if you want to become, he says, come to me. I will, I will if you have your burden, if you're weary, from this journey, from things that's going on in your life, from just handling day-to-day -to -day stuff. Okay, he says, come to me. Come, Jesus, I got you. Come to me. He says, I will give you rest for you. He said, take my yoke. Now, you can take the world's yoke. So he says, take my yoke. So when he says, take my yoke, there must be this more than one yoke here. But he says, take my yoke upon me. And let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. So if you take the world's yoke, I know some people may be saying, well, being a Christian is hard. Well, but the Bible says the trans, 
the way of the transgressor is harsh too. So it's not to say it's not going to be tough at times, but the way of transgressor is even tougher than ours. But Jesus says, take my yoke. In other words, when the yoke, okay, yoke, when you hook two animals up together, and the more the more seasoned, the more veteran animal would train the young one. So you hook a young one up with a more veteran one, and they would train them together and teach him, teach him or her how to do it. So God said, hook up with me, and I will teach you how to do life. Okay. I will teach you how to live this life. But he says, come to me for comfort. Don't go to the drugs. Don't go to the alcohol. Don't go to, you know, having, being promiscuous and having a lot of sex outside of marriage, fornicating or going outside your marriage or, you know, just going out there and doing the wrong thing as far as financial wise, getting caught up in something that you know is illegal. Okay. He says, come to me, let me comfort you. He says, I am humble. God said, I will be gentle with you because the world is going to be hard on you. The world is going to be hard on you. You go out here and do something illegal. Guess what? You're going, to, you know, you're going to be arrested and you're going to do prison. And that's going to be tough. And you're going to hurt not only yourself, but your loved one, the people that are connected to you. He said, you will find rest for your soul emotionally. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Emotionally, I know. It's a big thing now about mental health. God said, I want to heal your emotions. God said, I want to heal your decisions. Okay. I want to heal your thought life. Okay. The thing that he says, my yoke is easy. That's what he said. My burden is light. So he said, if you trust me, you put you, if you give me, I will comfort. Let the Lord comfort you. Okay. Because there's going to be many temptations out here for you to go and comfort yourself another way. Okay. But you got to allow God to comfort you through the word. And I know some people say, well, you know what? Well, yeah, reading the word is boring. You know, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then when we read the word, if we don't feel better after we read it, then you will figure it's not working. Well, sometimes things takes time. Just like when you take some medicine. Okay. The medicine may, you know, you may not feel better right away. Sometimes medicine, it takes time to work and get into your system and begin. Then you'll feel better maybe after a few days or two as the medicine begins to get in your body. Well, that's the same. Let, let the word of God be your medicine. Okay. Let the word of God in. Meditate on those scriptures. The Bible tells us to meditate on the word of God day and night. So you may, when you first read it, you may not feel you know anything. You still may be feeling bad or discouraged. Or you may not know the answer right then, you know. Okay, but get you know if you continue to meditate on God's word, allow it to be your medicine. And I guarantee you, over time, you continue to meditate and allow God to speak to you through those scriptures and through prayer time. And also, it's important to find. A person accountability partner, that's what they call him. A person in the body of Christ who's who's a mature Christian, who's strong, that you can call and talk to and say, you know what, I'm feeling a certain kind of way. You know, hey, I also encourage you, you know, if you can get professional help. You know, a lot of times 
And I know me coming up, that was not talked about as far as going to a professional therapist and getting somebody and talking to somebody because that was kind of frowned upon. And if you did that, you was considered as a weak Christian and, you know, people frowning. But, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. The Bible would tell us to have put people around us. And that may be for you, you know, to go get some some professional to help you talk things out. But don't forget about the word of God, which is the true source of your comfort. That is the true source of your comfort. Don't forget about the word of God. We need the word of God in our life in order to be comfort. But Jesus tells us, he gives us the answer to finding comfort. He says, come to me. The last gift I want to look up tonight is, is 1 Peter chapter uh, 5, verse 7. We've heard this here before, but I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. It says, give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. Imagine if Samson would have gave all his cares to God. Imagine if he would have just went to the Lord and says, Lord, you know what? I'm hurting. I feel alone. I need your help. I need your strength, you know, to make it through this. I feel like I'm by myself. And that's okay to talk to God like that. You know, I feel by myself. I feel alone. I feel like, you know, my, my friends have betrayed me. You know, my parents had betrayal, my in-laws. If, if he had went to God, he could have got comfort. And guess what? Because remember, we said that he was called to deliver God's people from the Philistine, from the enemy. But imagine if he had did that. But God, it says here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God. And well, you say, well, how do I do that? Through prayer. Give it to him. Tell God how you feel. Even if you're mad with God, tell him God I'm mad because I don't feel like that you're not doing anything. It's okay. It's okay to talk to him like that. It says, but give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. God cares. About, I want to say that to you now. He cares about you because I hear you saying, well, if God cared about me. Why he allowed this to happen? Why we, you know, this happened in my life? Why that? Why is the world like it is? Why is all this stuff happening? And people have asked, open, now maybe you're asking those questions. Oh, all this thing, God is in control. Why all these catastrophes and all these shootings and diseases and people are dying? And, you know, I got all these problems in my life. I can't seem to get any answers. Okay. But he said, give them to him. Okay, and to answer that question, well, we live in this fallen world, and God did not promise us that we would never have any problems. Okay, I want to let you know that he didn't promise that you would never have any problems, that you would never have to go through anything. But he said he will be with you always. He said, I'm with you. Okay. The scripture says God can do exceedingly abundant and above more than we can ask or think according to the power working in us. But as you yield yourself to God, okay, he will comfort you. I'm not saying he's going to deliver you. Everything will be quick. But notice it says you just want to be comfort. God can comfort you in the midst of your trials, the pain that you're feeling. He wants to heal that right now in the name of Jesus. He wants to heal you of your pain. 
And so don't allow the enemy to trick you. And now once you're feeling the compromise, like Samson did, and put his head in the lap of Delilah, and she took his strength. Maybe you lack strength right now, but guess what? God is going to restore your strength as you yield your life to him. You may be thinking, well, it's too late. It's too late for me. No, it's not too late. You know, it's, too, it's not too late to get back on track because this is what God wants. So my question is, so are, are you looking for comfort? Where are you looking for comfort? Where are you looking at? Is it in various possessions? Okay, is it is it in your hobbies? Because sometimes people, you know, get caught and saying that's and and because you've got to understand that the enemy is very subtle. You can get caught. He'd have you just doing your hobbies, just busy doing your stuff, and you're so focused on doing your stuff and going about doing this thing, all these hobbies. Is it in sports? I don't know, but you're a sports fanatic. I love sports. Okay, you know. You love going, maybe you got kids that participate in sports and you love watching the football games, basketball games, hockey, whatever your case, whatever you love. But the enemy can distract and cause you coming out that way to the point where that's all you're doing. You forget about the thing that God called you to do. Okay, whether it's romance, okay. You know, you get caught up in that. Find the right person. Well, I got to find the right person. You know what? And maybe you want to be married and God will bless you with a spouse. But you're so caught up with that that you have allowed yourself to forget about what God called you to do. And so it's nothing wrong with wanting love in your life. But just trust and be and be patient. Know that God has the person for you. Maybe it's food, because some people find comfort in food. Maybe you're a person, you know what? That's why you're overweight, because you find comfort in, in food. But all that just to cover up the emotional hurt and pain that you experience over years. But I declare healing in the name of Jesus. So your comfort is food. And when you do that, you know what? That can cause... Overweight, which overweight causes diseases. You know, some people um, are just addicted to eating, then throwing it up. I remember, I forgot what that's called. But if you in that, food is not the answer either. Okay. Don't comfort yourself with food. Comfort yourself with the word of God. Drugs, alcohol, I speak about. Some people comfort themselves with drugs and alcohol. You know, relationships. Just trying to find the right relationship, whether it be, you know, a love relationship or friendship. Some people, maybe you're that person, you know what, you, you're you you so eager to find comfort in friendship that you allow yourself to be used by people. Black people take advantage of you. No, allow God to comfort you. You are valuable. You are important to him. Okay. Okay. Find your your value in the identity that God is giving you with you. He said that we are the rights of God in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You are loved by him. You are an overcomer. Those are the identities of people who have put their trust in Jesus. Okay, so so now, once again, the things that I named, you know, such as 
sports and romance and hobbies and relationship. And uh, these things in themselves are not bad. Okay. But if, if they are taking the place of finding consolation in the Lord, we are on the same path as Samson. So the thing is, these things in themselves are not bad. But if you allow these things to take the place of God and finding peace and comfort in him, then guess what? You're on the same path as Samson. And we don't want that. We don't want to find ourselves in the lap of Delilah where our strength can be taken. Because God has given us strength. Okay. The joy of the Lord, the word says, is our strength. But if you allow the enemy to come in and allow you to compromise with these things we just talked about, such as sports and food and romance and, and relationships, guess what? You're going to be in the same position as Samson and you're going to find that your strength is going to be going to be gone because why you compromise the thing I so no no matter what the source of the pain is there's only one place where we can go and find comfort and his name is Jesus Jesus cares for you understand that and so I want you to pray <clears throat> that he'll bring uh, comfort to your anxieties and your pain because he'll do that for you he will definitely do that for you. But all you have to do is just put your trust in Jesus Christ. If you're looking for comfort tonight, your comfort is in Jesus, not into these things of the world. Once again, I say it doesn't mean these things of the world are bad. It is that if they are replacing God, that's what they didn't want them to do. They were going to replace God. Then you begin to compromise the things of God. You forget about your calling. You forget about what God called you, because that's what Samson did. He began to disobey God. Then he found himself in trouble, all because he was looking for comfort in all the wrong places. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for speaking to that person that who's hurting right now, who needs comfort right now, who have experienced a lot of pain even in their life, God, over a period of time, and God, emotionally, they are drained, even that person who experienced a lot of emotional pain through the pandemic and through uh, relationships in their families, through some, I pray for the persons who experiencing pain because they lost a loved one, somebody close to them. And God, they seeked out comfort in the wrong places, in drugs and alcohol, in the wrong relationship. But I speak healing right now. God, thank you for speaking to them right now. Minister to the Holy Spirit. Minister to them right now and bring comfort in that area. Bring healing in that area in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for doing it for them right now. That God, that they thank you for them getting back on path and begin to fulfill the calling um, on their life. I speak to that person who is using food for their comfort. I speak that right now. I speak healing in that area of hurt. I speak healing to that church hurt that person experienced who was in God, who was on fire for you, but saw something, God, that was contrary to what your word says. 
but I speak healing to them in the name of Jesus God. And I call you forth back into the house of God. Call you, I call, I declare that you will fulfill the purpose and call of God on your life that God has for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. I'm going to think we're going to do one more week of this uh, finishing with avoiding the life of compromise. Last week is going to be our last week. And then we, as God lead me, we're going to something else. But we thank God for you listening. Pray that this has been a blessing to you. If you like this, uh, invite your friends to listen. Uh, share these messages with your friend and family. And we know that God's going to bless you. Once again, thank you for listening. And we'll see you on next week. Bye-bye.